It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Welcome to NFL Live. Busy day as we, we are, turn we the are. page to week 13. We're on. Dan Orlovsky, Marcus Spears, Andrew What you shaking your head for? You. Okay. You. Oh, I wish that never happened. Dan Graziano is going to join us with news in a moment later. I got on Dan nerves earlier today. Oh, my oh you God. did? It was really? Scary. It was great. Did y'all fight? We no. fought over Where Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. If we had a fight, he'd be in the It was great TV in the dressing well, room. Well, actually, we're going to get into that fight live on TV, but it's not going to get physical, I hope. Uh, it's coming up later. First, back to the big news of yesterday. The Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich after just 11 games. This all comes down to helping number one overall pick Bryce Young. A reminder, they gave up a couple first and second round picks, plus DJ Moore to get Young. So here's more from owner David Tepper today. My reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't, you know, come here too. It does. Now, that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see progress be made on in different aspects. There's a lot that goes into you know, what the success on the field is every week. One is roster, some is scheme, how you practice, a lot of things. And obviously we can be better in all phases of that because the product on the field is just not good enough right now. It just isn't. Okay, let's get Dan Graziano in here as we dive a little deeper on the coaching situation in Carolina. As they look towards 2024, what are some names we could be hearing as the new Panthers head coach? Yeah, look, I mean, I think that one of the top candidates in this cycle is probably going to be uh, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions. He's a guy that had some interest last year, but kind of backed away uh, and wanted to do another year in Detroit before going on those interviews. I think this year he probably will take some. The question is, does he have other, you know, other possibilities? And is Carolina the most appealing situation uh, for a guy who might be in high demand? There, all the names we're going to be hearing over the next couple of months, uh, coordinators on successful teams like Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, is having such a big year in Baltimore. I think the key to understand is uh, everything about this decision is going to be based on what's good for Bryce Young. So even if you hire a defensive background head coach, it's going to be somebody who has a plan for the development of Bryce Young. It'll be interesting to see what Thomas Brown and Jim Caldwell do with the opportunity here over the next five, six weeks uh, with Bryce Young, and if he shows strides with them, whether they can get in the mix for positions there next year. And, and then the wild card, Laura, and all of this is, you know, do they take a shot at Jim Harbaugh if, in fact, he does want to come back to the NFL? Mm, yeah, keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens in the college football playoff and what Harbaugh does next. But... That's an interesting pairing. Speaking of Bryce Young, okay, the reason why they're trying to fix this is because his rookie season has not gone according to plan as he's dealt with a struggling offensive mm -hmm. line and an inexperienced group of receivers outside of Adam Thielen. Young is averaging only 4.2 yards per dropback on pace to be the second fewest by a rookie quarterback since 2000. Tepper was asked about the decision to take Bryce number one overall. Now, it's been reported and we talked about it. Originally, we were going to go to the number two pick, and, and uh, we thought we'd get CJ because we thought the Texans were going to pick Bryce. And listen, we preferred Bryce. He was our number one pick. We had a lot of conviction. I cannot say this, you know, for myself, and I think everybody in this building would share this sentiment. We are totally confident in that pick. Okay, I think the people that made that pick first, um, you know, would be totally confident in that. Um, you know, some of them you could ask. Okay. Um, and I think the um, and, and for me, I'm totally confident in agreeing with that pick. OK, 
Just 11 games into his rookie season, Bryce Young has a new head well, coach. Well, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He added that there in the end. Dan, what should the Panthers do to help the quarterback? One, the rest of this year, as little hits as possible. Do not care about development. I think, number two, don't care about next year either, candidly. And then for the offseason, what defensive pieces are they willing to get away from for some picks like Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown? Hearing Graz's thing, I'm going in a different direction. It, this has to be an offensive coach. Hmm. Now, everyone's going to say, well, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. Now, if you're going to tell me you're going to get an unbelievable defensive coordinator that turns the head coach that also brings over a Kyle Shanahan-centric offensive coordinator like Bobby Slowick did in Houston, great. But if we look at the young quarterbacks that have started to ascend in the NFL with newer coaches, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, um, Sean McVay, Jared Goff, as much as I love these defensive coordinators, and Lou Anarumo and Mike McDonough, this has to be yeah. an offensive mind because the only way that this turns around is if Bryce becomes what he should have at the number one pick. I'm sitting here with a quarterback and a wide receiver, mm. but I, I vehemently disagree. I, mm. and, and, and not in a not in an argumentative way. I think you hire a guy that can galvanize 53 and you make those moves, Dan, for that individual offensively that's going to actually spend time with Bryce every single day. <clears throat> and not Because here's my thought. Not saying you're wrong and I'm right, but this is a different way to look at it. If, if you're Bryce Young, I believe that you want a guy like CJ has every day. I can call you. You mean D'Amico Ryans? No. As a head coach Bobby Slowick? Slowick. Okay. Where we in the meetings together, right. you don't have to worry about when somebody mad about their contract or when I, I would want a guy dedicated to that between an OC and a quarterback's coach. But I think you go get the best guy who you think can galvanize this entire team. They need juice in Carolina, bro. They absolutely need juice, for sure. And yeah. I, 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 I won't disagree that a defensive-minded head coach could get this job done. But when you look at the business of the NFL, the offensive guys are the ones that are becoming the head coaches, which means no for a young quarterback that has not reached his potential yet, you now run the risk of a revolving door at OC for a guy Somebody that has, has not been developed yet. Yeah. So now if you get a good guy and he does well, he's right. off to the next team. You talk about Bobby Slowick, that's probably a guy you should look at. Sure. Hmm. See what he's done with See, Brock Purdy, CJ. Yes, he's young, but all those head coaches you said that had success – they were young in their career as well. This situation for Br Bryce is not all that different than a Jared Goff or a Trevor Lawrence. That's why, like, the offensive coach, like, you have to have somebody in there that's not just good X's and O's. They're going to have to rebuild his confidence. Yeah. That's where I get a little hesitation with the D. And I love defensive coaches, mm -hmm. but Sean McVay, the offensive-minded coach, came in and he immediately rebuilt Jared Goff's mm -hmm. confidence. Confidence. Doug Peterson has done that for Trevor Spending Lawrence. That time That's a him. huge part yeah. of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought those guys up because I think we've seen them have success in the aftermath. I, we don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Young, but a little patience might be necessary here. News out of Minnesota that we want to get to today. Uh, Vikings officially activated Justin Jefferson from the IR. They have have a bye this week before he could potentially return in week 14, okay? So should see him back relatively soon. That's the good news. Here's what happened last night that might be the bad news, all right? Monday Night Football, here we go. Josh Dobbs and the Vikings hosting the Bears. Picking this one up in the fourth quarter. Vikings down 9-3, to three, struggling to get any offense going. Dobbs drops back on first down. Pass tips intercepted by Kyler Gordon. He had such a great opportunity to get on BMB and he dropped it. <laughs> Just a few plays later. That's what he was thinking about, I'm sure. Just outside the red zone, Justin Fields tries to happen. evade the pressure. The ball is stripped there. A missed opportunity for the Bears, and he knows 
as the Vikings take the ball right back. Ensuing Vikings possession, driving inside the red zone. Dobbs firing to TJ Hawkinson. He makes the leaping touchdown grab. So the Vikings take their first lead of the night, 10-9. Few scoreless possessions later. That was the theme of the night. Fields comes <laughs> on to try to win it late. Okay, first play of the drive. He has to escape the pocket. He finds DJ Moore, though, for the 16 yards. The Bears are driving. And a few plays later, Fields once again, Dan, the connection with Moore across the middle. Yeah, this is probably one of the better throws, if not the best throw of the night. He drives that into the middle of the field. Big in-breaker. You see DJ Moore secure it. And then everybody in Minnesota trying to rip it out. Great concentration. Cairo Santos concentrating there. The 30-yard try. He drills it. And that means the Bears escaped Minnesota with the 12-10 victory. Hey, this was a significant loss for the Vikings. Look, look at the playoff picture. According to ESPN Analytics, Minnesota would have had an 86% chance to make the playoffs with a win last night. The Vikings still hold that final wild card spot, but their chance to make the playoffs is down to 58%. So from 86 to 58 percent after last night's loss and i just want to point out the nfl live curse is alive and well bro, we look all at the, the nfc south bro crazy Ugh. right i know why do you um, point that out i just feel like we need to be transparent on this show Got and marcus was the only one that was a little bit concerned hawk was wasn't on yesterday so i don't get anyway but let's get back to the task at hand marcus let's start on the vikings here what went wrong for them last night I, th- th- there was one look this wasn't all about like the score was what 12 to 12, 10. 10 like so it wasn't Brian Flores' problem. Mm. Um, the zero blitz when we saw Justin fade and hit Komet over the middle, I think you got to be a little cautious of that in this area of the field with an athletic quarterback that can make you pay for that. This was a great uh, situation. And then when you don't pressure, this is when, Dan, you talked about the, sh- the throw over the, strike, the middle yeah. to DJ Moore. So this is the conundrum that you find yourself in as a defense coordinator when you got four turnovers on offense, like, how aggressive to be, mm-hmm. and then when do you play coverage and hope that Justin Fields makes the mistake as opposed to getting the ball back to your guy. So it, it was just, I think, at that time, the zero in particular for me at that time, at, at half field, mm-hmm. I think you could have got away with a little bit of coverage sure. or a zone pressure and maybe tried to force Justin into something bad. Yeah, Justin Fields has been pretty good these two games coming back from injury. There's a lot there you've been kind of pointing to about the future for yeah. him. What do you think this does to affect the long-term plans for Chicago? It, this is a fascinating six weeks for them <laughs> and is, him. Because mm-hmm. if you like, just watching the game, I got friend, I got buddies texting me saying, "Man, Justin Fields stinks," and I'm like, "You watching the same game as I am?" You know, like I, <laughs> who said that? Missed opportunity for the Vikings. But I, when I watch Justin, it's still undeniable the talent. Mm-hmm. It's still undeniable the ability to make plays. Are there moments you want him to play more in structure and be more of a precise and and um, like on-time quarterback, of course. But I just wrote this down. It's hard to deny playmaking athleticism and arm strength. That's like the paramount parts of playing quarterback mm-hmm. in the NFL at high level. Mm-hmm. Think about the teams that today, as of late November, he would make better. Jets, Pats, Steelers, Raiders, Giants, Vikings, Falcons, Goodness. Saints, yeah. Bucks. That's 10 right there. He would make better. Today. Yep. So I just sit here and I go, I, like the, the future for Chicago is going to be fascinating. What are they going to do with the first pick, all that? And they're going to have to do what's best for them. Yeah. But this young man absolutely de- like deserves a spot to continue to prove his value no in doubt. the NFL. R- his playmaking. Real quick, Hawk, I love the talent. 
Yeah. But I'm going to go back to Jared Goff with you. I don't trust him far as I can throw mm. it. Like, yeah. That's what I think when Who, I'm watching Justin. Just, yeah, I love the talent. And I, get, I get the system and all of that. But right now, what we have is I can't really trust you I, all I mean, the to, time. I, I'm kind of with Dan in the sense of when you watch quarterbacks, there are quarterbacks in the league now that are starting, and you watch them, you say, I have no hope in this guy, 100%. to be honest. Like, he yeah. can't make the play even if it was exactly. laid right in front of him. And, and – it's not like that with Justin Fields. You put he Justin he, Fields he puts that talent yeah. on display when he does. But for the Chicago Bears, a lot of times there are situations where the quarterback and the franchise just aren't a match. Yeah. You look yeah. at Ryan Tannehill in yeah. his situation. Well, Revitalize his career. Well, and then if you're the Bears, you're going to think. Yeah, no, I like I'm talking those, about Chicago. If you're Chicago, though, and you let <laughs> you him go and you got to go watch him do something else yeah. and have success somewhere else. By the way, based on the current standings, the Bears are projected to have that first and then the fourth overall pick mm. in the upcoming draft. He so deserve a better opportunity to get good there. All right, we're just getting started on NFL Live. Jalen Hurts led another second-half comeback against the Bills this weekend. Find out what Hawk thinks makes him and this Eagles team so dangerous. Plus, back in the Dallas offense, red hot while on a three-game win streak. Will it continue this week against Seattle? That game coming up just a couple days. Roz has some insight about a former All-Pro who could be joining the Dallas defense. You don't want to miss it. NFL Live is brought to you by Hulu. Get Hulu with ads for 99 cents per month for a year. Terms of Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enough is never enough. So you just want to continue to strive for more. Josh Allen was the best player in football yesterday. But when it came down to the most crucial moments, once again, Jalen Hurts showed he was at his best. Josh Allen that we have seen over the last two weeks can keep this team in the playoff picture somehow. We are not judging you on winning football games. We are judging you on what you do in these particular situations. What more can I say? Mm. And it's actually nothing because this play continues to do the talking. Those two great quarterbacks going back and forth is fun. And Jalen Hurts had a big comeback win on Sunday against the Bills, continuing a trend we've seen from him. He's thrown six touchdowns, five interceptions in the first half this season, averaged only 6.8 yards per pass attempt, which ranks 19th in the NFL. However, Hurts has been able to turn it on when it mattered most in the second half in overtime, ranking in the top four of the NFL in QBR, passing touchdowns and yards per attempt. He's clutch, Hawk. What can we say? Why have the numbers been so much better in the second half of games for Philly? Resiliency 
Obviously, is a muscle that the Eagles have strengthened mightily. People talk about this as if it's a flaw, the fact that they've had to battle back from, you know, bad first halves or double digit, but they come out with Ws, and I think it's the opposite. I think it shows how great of a team that they are, and I think it is scary for them, but not for the Eagles, for every other NFL team. That last win, Bradbury, Elliott, Hurts, Kelsey, when they needed it most in critical moments, they stepped up big time. Yeah, they're tough, too. I mean, how about the fact that even when they win, they're like, man, we didn't put it all together right. Like, we could be better than that. Absolutely. Watch out for those Eagles. Okay, Gardner Minshew has the Colts playing really well right now. They're winners of three straight. Let's tell you a little bit more about it. Indy currently holds the final wild card spot in the AFC, but it's a crowded race with the Texans, Broncos, and Bills all on the Colts' heels. ESPN Analytics gives the Colts a 44% chance to make the playoffs. That ranks eighth in the AFC. There are seven playoff spots, so not enough spots necessarily for that. Dan, though, how has Minshew and this offense helped to turn the season around after the injury to Anthony Richardson? It's really about their head coach, Shane Steichen. And they're the only team in the NFL that plays with no huddle, RPO-centric focus. They get to the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. And there's a lot of these RPOs where Gardner Minshew does a really good job of deciding, am I handing off or not? And am I kicking out to the perimeter or not? Michael Pittman Jr.'s elevated his game when it comes to the short and intermediate pass game. And then Jonathan Taylor's the ideal back to be in this offense. The consistency of how they do that. Now, if you run no huddle, you better be really efficient because you don't want your defense on the field the whole time. So it's this efficiency that is really founded in being overly aggressive by Shane Steichen. And what happens is they wear teams out. They either jump on teams with it because teams aren't ready for it. It's the NFL. It's not college. Or they wear teams out. That no huddle RPO-based offense is really starting to show itself in the second half of the season for Indy. It's been fun to watch. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, by the way, we have an update on him coming a little bit later in the show that you don't want to miss. Thanks, Dan. Let's get to Shaq Leonard. He was released by the Colts last week and now making the rounds with some teams, okay? Starting with Dallas today. Jerry Jones was asked about it this morning. It's not real hard to uh, um, look and see what kind of player he's been. He's been outstanding during his career. Uh, We'll want to check his uh, health, uh, see where he is, see where he's current, current right now, this year, uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, we'll look at that, and that's what he's doing right now as we're speaking. And I'll have a little lunch with him while he's here. When you played as long as he's played at the level that he's played, then this isn't a hard. wonder how that lunch was. Um, Graz, what do we know about Good. Leonard's process as he's looking for a new team? Yeah, no deal today between Shaq Leonard and the Dallas Cowboys. That doesn't mean there won't be. Uh, but he's been working on trying to set up a visit with the Philadelphia Eagles for later this week. Eagles may have a need after Zach Cunningham, linebacker Zach Cunningham, injured himself during Sunday's game. So uh, they've been poking around. We'll see how serious that interest ends up being. Obviously, it'd be great for Leonard, who's trying to get the best possible deal if the Cowboys and Eagles were fighting over him. Uh, But my understanding is he wants to see what the other interest is besides Dallas and make a decision uh, possibly as soon as this weekend. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that, and good for him, as he should. Marcus, get in here. You like this fit for Dallas and Shaq Leonard? I love it a lot. Um, And Graz brought up the injury to Cunningham, and Dallas lost Leighton Vanderich earlier in the season as well. I think the big part about Shaq Leonard is obviously what he adds to to a defense that's super aggressive, 
uh, can get after the passer. He's phenomenal in coverage. We saw him a couple times shooting the gap and making tackles for loss. And if you Dallas, this is a good step in you having success in the playoffs. When you talk about playing against Philly and you talk about Kittle in San Francisco, I think this would be a hell of a pickup for them. Barring his health is all there and he can play at the level that he expects himself to play at. This would be a great pickup. And I'm going to tell you this, Jerry. Don't let Howie Roseman get his hands on okay. him. Because cuz they ain't missed one yet. Yeah, how scary would he be if he ends up on the Eagles? Oh and and how God. does that make that defense that much better? I actually don't want to think about it, but think about it. he definitely he definitely makes this defense better. And think about where the Eagles are and where we've seen vulnerability in the middle of the field. That's yeah. where they've been attacked and giving up a lot of plays. He would definitely help remedy that for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but with that being said, with this analysis, I don't want it to happen. I want them to be at the start in Frisco, Texas. You're the ultimate professional to get through that so nicely yeah. there, to, despite your Good luck lack to of you, Shaq. that to happen. <laughs> Call me Them up, boys. Cowboys. All right. <laughs> Still to come. <laughs> hey, speaking of those Cowboys, they put up 45 points in a massive NFC East win on Thanksgiving. Why have they been so good? Our resident Cowboy, you just saw him. He may have the reason to the team's success. Find I'm out, out you. I'm out you. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Snap to Prescott, fake to Pollard, deep and going to the middle of the hooks all alone. Touchdown, Cowboys. Throwing it in the right corner of the end zone. Lamb caught. Touchdown. Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate. Dak Prescott was phenomenal. Howells back, throws it. Oh, look out. Picked up. It's Bland. It's Bland. He did it again. Keep working and uh, yeah, go, go for the main thing. That's all. <laughs> I can't. With that win over the Commanders, the Cowboys improved to 8-1 and one against teams that currently have a losing record. However, Dallas has only played two games against teams that have a winning record, which were losses. What the hell? the 49ers and Eagles. Yeah, it's I wrote this one for, for you, you Swagoo. The, the Cowboys' offense averaged fewer than 17 points in those losses, and the defense allowed 35 points per game. Cowboys fans probably in my mentions right now thinking, I... It was me, guys. Dak Prescott was asked if this is an issue yesterday. Take a listen. What I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done shit. You know what I mean? It's um, regular season. Numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. But understanding, yeah, that the teams we've played haven't, records haven't, haven't been great. Um, but I can promise you everybody that comes in and everybody that we play, we do get their best shot. Uh, and not to say I don't think everybody else does that, but when you play the Dallas Cowboys, I can promise you 
um, the other teams, it is a little bit bigger than, than some of the games that they play. So, Dak's not worried about the lack of wins versus good teams we this season. Why. Marcus, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, listen to him. Yeah, I mean, look, let me say yes first before okay. I answer this question. Um, yeah, I'm concerned about big games. They don't win them. That's mm. the reality. Like they, Over years, they haven't won in these situations. But the other part of it is when I look at it, because we can surmise that these teams that they played have been terrible um, outside of Philly when Dak played well. I think the thing that gives me the most confidence is I think Dak is playing better than we've seen him play in the past <laughs> in those games, even in some bad games. I remember we sat here against the Washington Commanders a couple years ago and was like, what the hell wrong with the Dallas Cowboys and that? Sure. Right? So they've dominated the opponents that they were supposed to. But I think more so, Dio and Hawk, his athleticism yes. is now more prevalent, which we know you have to have when you play against San Francisco's of the world yep. and the Philadelphia Eagles of the world. The emergence of C.D. Lamb, I don't think that goes away. It gets harder. Because better people are coming after you. The rush is different. But I think what Dak has done more than anything and what I like about it, I think he's let go of mm. the whole let me be the quarterback stature guy for the Dallas Cowboys. I love when he cursed. Mike McCarthy's made him better, though. Yeah. 100%. M- Mike McCarthy is having an impact on Dak in a way that he had an impact on Aaron Rodgers. Because he's finally like got a guy that's tying plays together. Okay, so pay attention to this two-by-two two formation, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to get that short little motion. You're going to get what we call a, a drive concept, a shallow cross and then an in-route four-man flood up top. Now watch how these defenders follow. Okay, so if you're the coach up in the press box, you're getting this information. How did the defense defend that play? And is there a counter to that look and or play. This is three snaps later, okay? Two by two formation, there it is again. There's that short motion that we just saw. They're gonna give the same exact look post-snap when it comes to that shallow cross. There goes that linebacker taking it again. Now you got the tight end leaking out for the corner and they're gonna dump off this little screen. You got three on three front side. They don't call that play unless they're paying attention to how the defense played the previous time on the shallow cross. Here you go, second quarter, two by two formation. They're going to go ball fake and move the pocket. Marcus has asked this for years, right? Bootleg for Dak, essentially. Now he misses this throw. But again, if you're paying attention, how is the defense playing this look? Look at the safety on the 30, the 28-yard line. He's got his back turned to the field. So you're sitting there saying, hey, they got their back turned to the field. We, we could take a shot if we want. Okay, six plays later, there's that two-by-two formation. You're going to give the same exact look post-snap. Motion comes across. I know it's man-to-man coverage. I'm going to boot Dak out. Look, that safety's in the same exact position. Mm -hmm. This time, Brandon Cook's going to nod to the corner. They're just taking advantage of the space that they saw. So I love the fact that Mike McCarthy Mm. is not only tying plays together, but he's paying attention to the information that the defense is showing him, and then he's always got that counterpunch. I always say... Great offenses, great offenses always have counter punches, mm-hmm. always have a third, mm-hmm. fourth, and fifth option Answers. to the same look. Yeah. This yep. is the first time in my life that Dax had that. I will mm-hmm. say that about mm-hmm. their offense. Uh, it, it, I just quickly, it's interesting that we can praise Mike McCarthy that way. I think there were a lot of questions coming into the year. What would this offense mm-hmm. look like yep. and what would Going his leadership look like? Going to the San Francisco like? game, it was bad. I know. Yeah. I mean, credit to him for getting that back on track. Uh, Hawks, the Cowboy Hawks. Yeah, all of us, all the Hawks. We'll all answer. The I whole wish there were here. more of you because you're amazing. Um, the oh, Cowboys are back at it on she Thursday don't. night against the Seahawks. Those are the Hawks I was thinking about. <laughs> Give us one thing you're going to be watching closely for in this one. It, it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. The, the Cowboys doing exactly what they're doing with Mike McCarthy and the way that they've been using Dak's 
skills mm -hmm. to deploy in the offense. So look at the, the, the plays that Dan had on. This is going to be much the same thing. Play action, pre-snap motion, receivers beating man-to-man. -man. Mm. Since the bye, they've had double the explosive plays and play action they had previously. Same with, with pre-snap. In that play, what you'll see is CeeDee Lamb has been balling. Absolutely, that, that'll continue. But the way that Cooks has come on, Schoonmaker, yeah, Ferguson, yeah. Hmm. Gallup, Dak Prescott has been able to kind of get the handcuffs taken off him by Mike McCarthy, where they, originally they were calling plays to not make mistakes. Yeah. He's letting him do his thing. He's, he's playing off of other concepts in the run game, other yes. pass concepts, and it's been advantageous for this offense. They have to continue that yeah, this week good. and the remainder of the season. He has 17 touchdown passes over the last five games, tied for the most in a five-game span in Cowboys history. This is a big game for them coming up yeah, Thursday night. it's in a couple days. All right, breaking news here on NFL Live. What do we know, Graz, about Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor injured his thumb in Sunday's victory uh, over uh, Tampa Bay, and it looks like they've been working through their options uh, all day, but it looks like the most likely outcome is that he'll have to have surgery on that thumb in the next couple of days, and that hope is that he could be back in two to three weeks. So a significant injury that's going to cost the Colts, you know, oh, star damn. running back some significant amount of time here as uh, as they're working through the options and the timetables on, on the thumb injury. But Jonathan Taylor looks like he's likely to miss a couple of weeks. Just showing the AFC playoff picture a little bit early on, earlier on. And Dan, it, their schedule coming up, Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. When you think yeah. about how this could affect their offense, you were just talking about how essentially He's the perfect is, fit for it. Yeah. Right. No, their backup Zach Moss has had moments this year. He's been mm -hmm. a good player. The difference between like Jonathan's a home run hitter every single time. And it's also like the way that they their zone read works, the patience he runs yeah. with, the hezzy, the jump cut, and then the press. So I'm not saying like Zach Moss I think can keep them afloat. But we're talking about a team that's got games left to go on a playoff run. Yeah. To minimize this is, is silly. This is a big loss for and them. Two, from a defensive standpoint, you, there is no run that they can't run. Right. Mm. Which, in turn, makes you play different when Jonathan mm. Taylor is on the field as well. Especially a screen game with him, yeah. knowing that he's a home run hitter as well. Yeah, it looks like if he is really back in two to three weeks, he would miss Titans, Bengals, and Steelers, and then maybe be back for mm. the latter part of that schedule. But we'll see how the Colts can weather this. Coming up on NFL Live, Jacksonville's defense came up huge with four sacks against C.J. Stroud Ooh. and the Texans. Dan and Marcus head to the touchscreen. Special touchscreen Tuesday here to explain what makes this defense defense so effective in Duval County. It's coming up next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. I walked away from that game saying that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kick off your week 13 NFL Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern with the Countdown Crew on ESPN and the ESPN app. Then Monday night, head back to ESPN for the Monday night Countdown Crew to get you ready for Bengals-Jaguars on Monday night football. Oh, 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 oh. 
that would be you. Okay, <laughs> it's Tuesday on NFL Live, so it's time to figure out what went wrong for some of the losing teams what? on Sunday. We start in Detroit where the Lions lost a home game on Thanksgiving to the Packers. Come on, Dan. What happened, Dan? One, Jared Goff cannot hold the football. Offensive line got beat up. Number two, this four-man rush just got dominated by the play-action pass commitment from Green Bay. Green Bay kept extra bodies in, six, seven guys. Look at the pocket that Jordan Love has to throw to. Now he's got time to move and decipher what the coverage is. Ball out, no one even close to him. They never countered the numbers protection-wise that Green Bay was throwing. Again, 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends on the field. They stayed with their four-man rush. Now, Jordan, guys, he's seven yards away from anybody closest when it comes to pass rush-wise. Easy check down. They made life rush-wise on the quarterback way too comfortable. Again, four defensive linemen. They're in 12 personnel, Green Bay. Two tight ends on the field, and they're going to go play action again. And never once did Detroit try to add a number when it comes to protection or rush. He's back in the pocket with no one remotely close to him being able to throw. So it's not only just like they got to find more rush. I think in some situations they got to commit more to the rush and roll the dice a little bit. That's what showed up on Thanksgiving Day defensively. Got our first look at Jake Browning as a starter for Cincinnati. Ended with a 16-10 loss to the Steelers. Marcus, what went wrong? Yeah, look, I think the Bengals, unfortunately, with the Joe Burrow injury, has entered back into where Lou Anarumo has to be a little bit more conservative defensively and try to keep these games in close quarters. And when you look at how this played out, they were bad against the run. That was a recurring theme when Joe Burrow was still injured. And also, Fry move coming back. A big addition for this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, but they also had trouble covering the tight end earlier in the year as well. It's so unfortunate, and you can tell the overall impact of when you lose Joe Burrow because now you have to play things completely differently. Mm. And I think that's where Lou Anarumo is right now and the defense can't hunt and be as aggressive as they are usually. Texans lost a huge divisional matchup to the Jags on Sunday. Hawk, what went wrong there? Yeah, I mean, they lost their consistency and they relied entirely too much on the improvision of C.J. Stroud. And C.J. Stroud looked like the rookie phenom we've been accustomed to seeing this year at times, but he has been so good to this point in the season because of the way he systematically runs this offense and an offense that is truly a running offense. And unfortunately, they didn't commit nearly enough to the ground game that this team's foundation is built on. C.J. Stroud was pressured on a season-high 21 dropbacks. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker combined for 11 of those pressures. Allen has 32 pressures this season, while Walker has 31. They're the only duo in the NFL to each have at least 30 pressures for the Ooh. same team. Forces to be reckoned with. Dan and Marcus, why has that Jaguars defense been playing so well? Stunts and games. That's really the name. And Mike Caldwell, who their defensive coordinator is, comes from the Todd Bowles school of pressure, pressure, pressure. And they're doing a really good job of sometimes it's only five guys coming. Sometimes it's only four. And their individual talent is starting to show up to wreak havoc for offenses. So starting off with that first one, yep. what they're going to do is really show that four-man set at the ball. So one, two, three, four. Here's Josh Allen and here's Trayvon Walker. Now what they're going to do is take Olakon. Damn, who's hold one on of, one yeah, second yeah, yeah. before you go. Right? I want everybody to pay attention to the width of this defensive line. This is this is what you do in order to draw space with an offensive line yeah. so you can get those stunts a bunch a lot cleaner. So they're going to walk up Olakon and what they're going to do is they're going to take that linebacker and his goal is really to run through the inside shoulder of Laramie Tunsil and then back inside. Now the right. back has that linebacker in protection. So numbers wise, they're okay. And what's going to happen is Josh Allen his goal is to come right off of that yeah. kind of pick 
stunt from Olakon. And let me tell you what the creation of the addition with the linebacker. Now you got two on one. That's all you're trying to create in this right. situation. You got two on one. So what you said is correct. They have enough guys, but now you created a form of a double team just to give Josh Allen a little bit of that window. Look, look at it. Yes. This is right now. The pick is happening, but it seems that both of these guys are blocking. You got a free hitter to the corner. You know what I love about it is because the offense is going to take the center, right guard, and right tackle and kick them to the right because Absolutely. of the numbers, numbers that are presented to this side. So schematically, they have to. Mm-hmm. We would always call this ricochet for us, Marcus, because Olakon's job really is to hit and ricochet bounce off and in. bounce yep. off. What's the most important part for Josh? Because you're trying to free up Josh. Am I right with yeah, that? Absolutely. You, If you're Josh, you want to come tight. You want this to be clean. Play, basically, just replace each other. But because of the athleticism, which is why I go back to Trayvon Walker and yeah. why you draft guys with super athleticism, the ability to bend and come tight. Watch how tight he comes off of this double team. The, the running back has no chance no to get back. And if he does get back, he's blocking Josh Allen one on one. Essentially. Yep. So, so you see that ricochet stunt right there that's mm-hmm. a beautiful design. Now let's go to like the, the thing that stands out to me offensively is I look at it and I go, oh my gosh, <laughs> they have their defensive tackles yeah. over my offensive tackles. The sp- you talked about the space in the Absolutely. first clip. The space it is clipped. Basically for Iowa. Ideally, what you would want to do is check to a draw and hit them right up the middle. Right. But but because they know the down and distance and how they want to create that space. And not only that, Dan, look at the space between the offensive line. Yeah. Trust me, this is not co- this is not coincidence. They don't want their splits yes. to be this wide. Right. But because of the alignment of the defensive line, they create that space. Again, here's Walker mm-hmm. and here's Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. So what? My, my question is this. So again, my offensive line kicks to the right. We're going to take our three guys and go to the yep. right, and then the backside essentially is two on two. So numbers-wise, again, offensive line is fine. Now the defensive tackle or chase on, who's really a rush yep. in, Rabbit. what's his number one goal? This is number one job here. Rabbit personnel. I got to gain the attention of this offensive guard. You see how he initially creates that contact? Yeah. And look, for a lot of this, as a defensive lineman, what you tell as a defensive line coach, I want to create enough pressure on this guy to occupy him okay. long enough. He did a phenomenal job with eyes still on CJ. Now you create a one-on-one and remember what you said before this play. Yeah. This is almost like Laramie Tonsil playing one-on-one in an open field situation yeah, look at the because space. of the space that was look, created. Look at this space. Like, Look at the distance between the guard Absolutely. and the center. I always say this, like when you get offensive linemen either spread out horizontally mm-hmm. Or spread out vertically. And, and you done. also you also know why this is special. This is a premier left tackle yeah. in football. But because you've created this much space, now Josh Allen legitimately has a two-way go in the open field technically. Uh, guys, and then, if this is so successful though, mm-hmm. why don't more teams use these splits? Because of personnel. They don't have those L- listen, all pros and Dan they- Dan just talked about it, Boogie. Caleb on Chason is a rush in. They put him at a three technique because of the quickness of how fast he can get into the line of scrimmage. And you always want your rappers to be able to run. So if he's coming off Josh Allen and C.J. Strauss takes off, you need a chase down guy. That is a phenomenal setup. Remember Dallas used to do this all the time. Yes. Fowler, Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. They have the ability to do that now because they've drafted super athletic rushers, Hmm. and now you can add guys to the mix. Is it also important that you have to have somebody opposite the Josh Allen guy? Like, is it it fair to say that Trayvon is – Ascending 100%. to kind of commanding some of the attention. 100%. I love to go back on recall, right? Remember when Aaron Donald was clearing things out for Leonard Floyd? Yeah. And you add these additions? It's Same because looks. personnel creates 
shifts and line movement. Right. Right. So Trayvon, 30 pressures on the season. We got to make sure he's taken care of. And then just from our setup, going away from the back. Yeah. A lot of times is where you the slide is that. going. Yep. Hey, that warmed my heart. Good Turn stuff, up. guys. Big guys. We love Big guys stuff. The weed, <laughs> yeah, the buddy. The Jaguars <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Trevor Lawrence and company taking on Jamar Chase and that Bengals team looking to snap a three-game losing streak. 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, Payne and Eli once again on ESPN2. Still ahead on NFL Live, under new OC Joe Brady, the Bills offense shined Sunday against the Eagles. Find out why Dan thinks this 6-6 six six team's playoff hopes are on the line in their next two games. NFL Live continues on ESPN. Today is Giving Tuesday, a global day of giving, and it's also the start of ESPN's V Week. When we continue Jim Valvano's fight against cancer, you can make a difference today by supporting cancer research, which is needed now more than ever. If you're able, give now at v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes to cancer research. Hey, let's talk about the Bills and Josh Allen. We've seen now two games with Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator with Allen. The Bills offense has averaged 33 points per game, nearly 450 yards. That's a significant difference, and a reason for that success has been Brady's commitment to the run game as the Bills have run the ball on 43% of plays over the last two games compared to 36% before Brady and took A&M over as their offensive Elko. coordinator. Mm. Yeah, we're t- we, we talk college on the show sometimes. You said A&M, I heard Elko yeah. and not Joe Brady. Yeah. They did. But you know what? Maybe Joe Brady's really happy where he is because, Hawk, the numbers are clearly indicating that things are going well. Okay, so what does the tape show about what's different with this Bills Sorry, offense since the change at OC? Listen, the, the offense is reinvigorated. I don't know if it's because he's such a great play caller or they're just happy that Dorsey's gone. Mm. Regardless, the last two weeks have looked differently, specifically the way that Brady has kind of deployed the offense. It's a lot more systematic. If you look at this drive in the fourth quarter where they take the lead, they run the ball five times in a row. The last three times of that sequence, they had six O-line, one running back, three receivers. They're motioning receivers down to insert into the line of scrimmage. They see something that they could take advantage. And then it's third and two. Right. They go empty, and they go to Latavius Murray in the slot. I got to have it down. They tell the defense we are passing the football. Right. But you could tell the way that he's calling plays, he is letting the situation dictate his play call as opposed to letting the play call be forced into the situation. In the group text, I, when that drive went down, I said that's the most disciplined drive yep. I've seen in Josh Allen's career play yes. call-wise. Absolutely. Because it has nothing to do with Josh Allen. And five runs against one of the best run defenses yeah. in the league at a critical moment in the game. I think he's brought a, a, a philosophical and schematic balance to their offense. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there is way more motion there is way more putting the quarterback under center. There's more play action. Mm-hmm. And that, so we had this long conversation about under center last year. And I think Buffalo is a, a really good example of it because when they're using that balance, and there's some shotgun still, I would, it's not who exactly who they're going to be. I think the group or the person that has benefited the most from this all is their offensive line. Yeah. You know, their offensive yeah. line, when they have the quarterback, you just talked about five straight runs. There's always, I don't care who you are, there's always going to be an element of mentality. Slow down. With, we going to slow down. Really fast. Who's Look at with? These the defense. Changes on the, the screen. Right. right. To so back it up. Motion and designated, des, the designed yeah. rush and the under center. Mm-hmm. Marcus, you said it perfectly. You guys are going to slow down. So I'm helping the offensive Have line. To. The offensive line gets to play just a smidge better. So then the quarterback yeah. is playing better. Then the run game is better. So 
I just think the, the schematic and philosophical balance is the big deal. This is the breath of fresh air that Josh Allen needed. Like him and Ken Dorsey just wasn't a good mix. And we saw it time and time again with the philosophical part of go win the game, do whatever, right? I want to see when those opportunities present themselves for him to hit them in that situation against Philly. I had – it's a couple examples in this game. Obviously, we've talked about this player nausea. Right. Who's wrong, who's right, I don't care. We practice together five days a week. Let's get that done in this critical moment. This was another one. This is a touchdown. Hmm. If he goes over the top, I don't know what happened in this particular situation. Ball might have got away from him. Gabe Davis is over the top. There is nobody in the middle of the um, field in the middle of the end zone. And here's the thing, because people it's such a visceral reaction when you critique or say something about Josh Allen. Here's the thing. Because we hold you to a high standard, you're judged more critically. That's all it really boils down to. Because we've seen the heights that you can go to as a quarterback. So when you have opportunities, like I felt like the Philly game was an opportunity for Josh Allen to put it away. He did. Uh, Mm -hmm. Huh? He did. When? When he scored to put him up with a buck 50. I'm not going to do this. (laughs) Anyway. You only have like 15 (laughs) seconds to do Yeah, I'm not going to do this. 15 seconds. Opportunities missed, (laughs) I thought, would have put this game away. In, this, in these particular situations that I just illustrated. He got the final word. All right, time for one more thing before we go. We got something really <laughs> special. Lost. Here in Connecticut, the Southington Knights, we want to shout them out. The eighth grade football oh, team, oh. they are an undefeated 11-0, mm. the third Shoreline Youth Football Conference Championship they've won in yeah, five seasons. 50-3 and three record, They're always guys, good. from third grade through eighth grade. Dang. I have chills talking about these guys because they work so hard. You see their coach right there. That's our guy, Steve. We got Scott here. He's ready to go. And um, Look at Scott. We got him in. I got, got a BMB coming That's next your squad, week. Scott? Scott? Scott's trying to be really Scott, I got a BMB right next week for one of your guys. <laughs> That's your team? <laughs> My man, I got a thumbs up. Team. Scott, how the hell you say this last Southington name? Hey, Southington, nice. always nice. Kuzmerski? <laughs> What? <laughs> I got a BMB coming job, from this guys. team next week. For real? Yeah. They're yeah. always nice.